What's up, everybody? My name is I Am Really Important. I run a channel here on Twitch where we talk about politics. We try to have a positive civil discussion about the latest events, the players, um, bills, stuff like that. And it's been a blast. I've made a ton of good friends. And today, I have a special guest with me. I have the mayor of the village of Whitney Point in New York State, Ryan Reynolds. Welcome, Mayor Reynolds. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming here. Uh, I found out about you through my friend Ashney, and um, she said, you got to talk to this guy. And this was a few months ago. There's a guy who streams on Twitch, and he's an elected official. And I was like, yes, this is so awesome. So um, let me start with a couple of questions here. Um, tell us a little bit about Whitney Point. All right. So Whitney Point is uh, where I grew up. I moved here when I was in... Uh, my first year here was fourth grade in school. Whitney Point's a small uh, rural village. Um, I'm in upstate New York. Well, there's a whole argument and joke about where's actually upstate, but we won't we won't get into that. But um, it, it's basically just a small village. It's about a thousand people, but we're we're like a hub area. So like several major state highways all meet in Whitney Point. So. We're about a thousand people, but about 13,000 cars a day pass through our village. So people stop here to do business on their way to places like Cornell, like Syracuse, like Binghamton. We're kind of strategically located in between all of those areas. So uh, that, that's one of our greatest strengths. We were founded way back in the day uh, because we, we are right where two major rivers meet. So that's where, you know, way back when, when America was first being settled, somebody decided to settle down here because it was right where two river, rivers met and you know how did people trade and transport back then well rivers are pretty important so that's uh how we got our start wow that's awesome so there's a lot of history behind the village did you grow up there were you born and raised in in the area um pretty much so i was born about a half an hour away i went to school uh, in homer new york through third grade. Then I moved here in fourth grade. I graduated from Whitney Point High School. And then I went to uh, SUNY Broome for a year and then Ithaca College after that. So I've kind of always been in this, you know, a Southern tier, central New York area. And uh, that's really one of the reasons why I got into government and politics to begin with is because this area in general, I mean, everybody kind of had this, especially when I was a kid growing up, they had this, the grass is always greener on the other side thing. A lot of people are really down on this area. We've been kind of the Southern tier has been losing population for quite a while and uh, losing a lot of major jobs. Like IBM used to be one of the biggest employers in the area and they're totally gone now. So there was kind of this very gray cloud over our area. And I really like this area. You know, it's, it gave me the life that I have. So I wanted to try to give back and build something and, you know, build the area. So it wasn't all just, you know, oh, this area is so bad. It's so bad. I didn't think that was true. I think we actually have a lot to offer. And I wanted to help people see that and kind of turn the tables on that narrative. That's awesome, man. And you're like three hours away from New York City, right? Yeah, just about. Yep. So, I mean, you are, it's not like you live in the middle of nowhere. Like you, you live three hour drive from New York City, like the most cosmopolitan city in america yet you still you choose to live in the area that you're in still oh yeah i mean i think what's great about where i live and, and whitney point and kind of the southern tier in general in my opinion is you're so close to so many things like i'm like half an hour away from the pennsylvania border we're three hours away 
from New York City, uh, you know, Buffalo, Rochester, those areas are like a couple hours away. Um, I like having that freedom. You know, I can basically by day when I'm around where I live, I can I can find parking anytime I want. I don't have to drive around for 45 minutes to find parking. I can go where I want to eat and get something to eat and be home quickly, you know. Uh, but if I want to go to one of those cities, I can. It's, I think that's a nice advantage. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, let's see. So you gave us a little bit about the culture, the area. Uh, what are local politics like where you're at? Because we hear about all these federal and these big, the president, Trump and all that. But what's going on like in, in your neck of the woods? Um, well, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I remember like when I the first time I ran for office, I was uh, 21 years old. I'm 32 now. Um, there was a very like, you know how it is that stereotypical like once you run for office you're like a politician it's like a dirty word you know um so it, there was almost this like i i would say in general there's kind of a, a distrust towards government which is true on all levels for sure um at the local level where i where i am and this is one of the best things about local government in my opinion that's why i love local government so much you can, it's not partisan because like there's not a Democrat way to fix somebody's sidewalk. There's not a Republican way to fix somebody's sidewalk. It's you get the job done or you don't. You know, you can find the money in the budget or you can't. Uh, you get the streets plowed or you don't. There's not too much. It doesn't come down to partisanship so much. There, I mean, there's definitely. It's not like we all agree all the time. I'm not I'm not trying to say that. But the divisions along party lines aren't really there. It's. It's almost like generational differences almost play more of a part, I would say, than party affiliation. Um, I remember when I ran for mayor the first time. Uh, so my area is pretty Republican. Um, I'm a Democrat. And I remember the first time I ran for mayor, I had a lot of people tell me that I was the first Democrat that they had ever voted for, which was... Wow pretty awesome but it's also a pretty big responsibility because you're like oh man here we go like my, my entire party's uh, reputation's riding on my back you know like they put faith in me so i guess i better deliver so but it, i i view that as a good thing it's getting people to you know open up and have discussions and reaching out to people who maybe not wouldn't usually you know engage with that party and that goes both ways it's a good thing so um that's kind of the local political scene at my level, at least. Yeah, I love to hear that, that that at the local level, it's much more bipartisan because you're just kind of dealing with practical stuff, right? There's no grandstanding. You're, you're really dealing with, hey, should we install a new street light down the block? And you spend six months on it, working on it to improve the community as a whole. Yeah, and I, I think people can, you know, the thing about local government is you can see it, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this in a way that doesn't take away from like state or federal level discussions, but a lot of those things are more uh, philosophical or theoretical. You know, a lot of the things that we talk about, a lot of us don't see the repercussions of those discussions and those debates, but uh, the things that affect your daily life, you know, like, like I said, was your street plow? Like, were you able to get to work that day? Um, like those kind of things, those affect your everyday, like everyday quality of life. And again, I'm not trying to take away from the importance of something like social security or, or healthcare or anything like that, but um, it, it's just different. It's, 
it's everyday quality of life type issues that we get to work on. And uh, one of the things that people always tell me that they like about me or, or respect about me is that I'm so responsive. Like people tag me on things on uh, like on Facebook, like all the time, almost to the point where like I can't follow it. It's become really difficult, um, but I do my best like reply to everybody that tags me and, you know, some type of concern or whatever it may be. And people really appreciate that. And I, I like being able to actually engage with my residents that way. And uh, I mean, there's downsides to it too. Sometimes it can get pretty busy and overwhelming. Um, but I, I think it helps the elected officials at the local level to be able to actually see when you have a project being worked on, you can actually walk down the street and see how it's going and talk to your to your guys. I think that's very efficient. Yeah. I mean, what do you think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said recently in response to Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks? Hey, why don't you run for something smaller first? Do you think that's good advice to run for a more local position first? Um, it's hard to say. I definitely think that legislative government and executive government are two totally different experiences. And that's not to say that I don't respect um, those that serve in a legislative branch at all, because I definitely do. And I think there's very capable legislators out there. It just, it very much is two different experiences until you've sat in that chair and you've had to, you know, think of, how are we going to approach this issue? How do I message this issue publicly? How do I message it to my board or, you know, in the president's case, Congress, um, you know, and, and think over how is this going to affect my employees? How is this going to affect my residents? Uh, it's, it's not just a vote on legislation. Um, when you really have to sit in that chair and, and think of how everything works and deal with your, you know, internally, the staff, um, you know, how do they feel about it and getting their uh, thoughts and opinions. It's, um, it, it's a big balancing act. And I, and I served on the village board before I was mayor. So mm -hmm. I got to, um, I, I've, I've been able to see both sides and I can definitely say that the executive side is definitely um, more stressful on that weight. You know, what's, what's that phrase? Heavy hangs the crown or whatever. Uh, that definitely holds true. It's interesting. Yeah, it's you're you're executing the law, basically, right? So you're the executive branch, and um, you they just write the laws, and then you know it's up it's up to other people to to enact them and follow through. Let me ask you this: who um who was mayor before you, and how did an opening come up at such a young age where you were primed to take it? I mean, I feel like that's a position a lot of people would want. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I'll tell you, I'll take the story back uh, a little bit. So I really first got involved when I first like, graduated high school. I wanted to write about government and politics. I thought I, I like I watched uh, all the presidents men like with Woodard and Bernstein. And like, that's like, oh, that's what I want to do. You know, I, I want to write about government. I want to be the guy who exposes all this stuff and tells the truth and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then uh, I went I went to college for a year and uh, I ended up taking a year off. And in that year, I, I worked, you know, and got thinking about, well, is this what I want to do? I loved writing for sure, but I just took a year off because college at the time wasn't clicking with me. And um, I, in that year, I decided, well, instead of writing about it, why don't I, why don't I kind of try to get off the sideline, so to speak, and actually get involved, like 
are any of our uh, opinions really more justified than anybody else's? You know, I think a lot of people think that like, oh, I don't, I don't know enough to run for office or like, oh, everybody else, you know, well, they know more than me. I don't think that's true at all. I think we need people of all different creeds and, and ideologies and experiences and backgrounds to run. And I thought as a young person, I had something different to offer. Uh, you know, to this day, when I go to meetings of government officials uh, in, in our area, I look around the room and it's like 160 year old white men and, and me, you know, like maybe there's one woman in the room. Um, but, but I thought I brought a different perspective. So uh, actually, I first got involved in a presidential campaign in like 2007, 2008. And the chairman of the Democratic Party at that time attended a rally that I had organized. Um, and I'd never met the guy and he just walked up to me and he's like, did you organize this? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to run for office? And I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Awesome. So uh, I talked to him about that and I actually lost the first two. I ran for a county legislature the first two times I ran wow. and, uh, I lost both times. I got crushed. The district was extremely Republican and I'm a, you know, 21 year old Democrat trying to unseat, uh, Republican incumbent who had a road named after him. Um, so, but at the time you know, I ran twice, I worked really hard. I just went around talking to people and listened to them, what they were concerned with. And then after that, the mayor at the time, uh, had a village board member resign and he needed to appoint somebody to fill that seat. So he had seen me marching up and down the streets for the past two years and said, Hey, it's been all the same people in here for 20 years and we need new ideas. We need new energy and I want to put you on the village board. So I accepted, I was 23 at the time. Uh, he retired, uh, another board member at the time took over, uh, for four years. And then when he retired, uh, I knew that I wanted to run and wanted to you know, be the person to lead our village forward and kind of put us on a new, a new path and put forward new ideas and just Give, give us a full court press to take our development to the next level. What an awesome uh, story, man. I love that you ran twice, didn't win, but didn't get heartbroken, stuck with it. You know, a lot of people would have bounced out of there after that. Now, here's a question I'm curious about, and then we'll move into some more stuff. But I always love the idea when you run locally, you still have to live with your opponent and people that didn't vote for you and stuff. So is that awkward to see like your past political opponents around town? Um, a little bit. That is one of the, probably one of the downsides of local government. It is uh, very intimate. So, you know, to this day, when somebody comes to a village board meeting and shouts at me, you know, whether they're justified or not, I still see him when I'm walking my dog, you know, the next day. Um, so my, my opponent in both of my, uh, my oral elections actually is on my board. So I continue to work with him and that it's definitely been, uh, an adjusting period for for us both because there's some distrust there, you know. There's um, it, it definitely can be tough. I think we're in a good place now, and I think we both respect each other, and I think we understand that uh, we have two different, very different perspectives, and I think the village is better served with both of us there because, you know, I'm somebody who like I'm always like pressing to push things forward. And he can actually be the guy who sometimes hits the brakes for me, which I need sometimes, you know, like we all need that person that balance us out, you know, and 
he can be the one to say like, hold on, slow down. Like we need to look at this. We need to look at that. And I, I think that just benefits everybody. Um, is the more we can work together, I think the more that benefits the public. But it, it definitely, when somebody flat out hates you politically, it definitely can be awkward to uh, <laughs> see that person around town or work out of the same office even. It can be, uh, yeah, oh. awkward, I guess, is the best word for it. Interesting. But it sounds like you've found a positive way to spin it and, and you look at it as, hey, that person might be bringing to attention some things I'm not kind of looking at. So that's awesome to hear. It's really cool. I think there's that bleeds over to much more in life than people realize, you know, how to get along with people. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like any workplace, you know, the politics of any workplace, really. So let me ask you one more question about the local area. If I'm correct, uh, your congressional district that you're in flipped blue in the midterms. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It did. So. I feel like you said, hey, I grew up in this Republican stronghold and it looks like the tides are kind of turning now. So what is it like living in an area that has shifted blue recently from red? Oh, well, the congressional district itself has always been a swing district. And it in my adult lifetime, it always swings back and forth like the pendulum kind of does. Um, in 2006, 2008, when I was first kind of you know, coming into myself as a uh, adult and somebody you know, forming my political idea. Uh, it was Mike R. Curry was in that seat and he was a Democrat uh, and he was unseated uh, in 2008 and it was a Republican. And then there was a really weird three-way election and a uh, very Trump-like uh, Republican was elected in 2016. And then she was tossed after one term. Uh, and now we have Anthony Brindisi um, who's a Democrat. So it, it's a very, like I said, it, there's just a lot of distrust um, towards government in general in this area. And it's kind of one of those things, like I always think of, uh, what's that line in the dark night? You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I kind of feel like that's <laughs> kind of true in this area in, in government. Like you kind of want to like get in and, you know, do what you want to do and to the extent that you can and then uh i don't want to say quit but you know move on to the next thing or um i i don't know i've never wanted to be that guy that that holds on for for 20 years because i kind of think there comes a point where you, know, you you forget why you originally got involved or you forget what your goals are and you you i mean it happens in any job usually if you sit in the same job for 20 years you kind of get stagnant or sedentary so um I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that uh, flip flopping back and forth a little bit is a good thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Some people in chat, you guys are saying I'm a little quiet. Am I okay now? I moved the mic a little closer. Hopefully this is okay. But uh, it's interesting to hear that the district flips back and forth like that, right? Because I'm in a Democratic stronghold. I live next to a Republican stronghold my whole life, but it flipped as well. But I don't live in a district that's flipped. So super interesting. Okay, this is better. Um, so my next question was, um, your past votes, you said that you've been a Democrat, so I'm assuming you're registered as a Democrat still now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm and so and 2016, who did you vote for in the primary? I voted. So my, my, uh, so I guess, let me, let me take it back a bit. So in, in 2008, <laughs> I worked. Sure. Uh, really hard for the Obama campaign. Okay. Uh, 
and I, one of the, I, I really couldn't stand Hillary at that point in my life. Like I, my disdain for her was one of the, one of the reasons, like almost as much, uh, the reason I supported Obama so much was that I really didn't like Hillary. Um, and she, she was the Senator at the time in New York correct. state. So, Correct. wow, you had a, you knew her. It wasn't, you were reading stories about her. You knew her legislation and what she had done. Yeah. And I mean, I was pretty young too. Um, but I, I just felt, you know, very strongly that we needed a, a new direction and, you know, like everything at the time that Obama was running on and messaging very much clicked with me. Um, and, and I knew even back then that Hillary, you know, kind of came with some baggage, um, in, in the years since, I came to respect Hillary as, as an effective from the government side of things. Um, you know, cause I kind of break down the political side of things and the government side of things. I think they're two different things. I don't think you can't really have one without the other. Uh, but I do think that they're different and you know, there's some people who are really good politicians and really poor, uh, at governing. And then there's people who are really great at governing and there's people who are really poor politicians. Yeah. Um, but so I ended up voting for Hillary in both the primary and the general election. I don't, I don't regret it. Um, I still respect her from the government side. But that said, I was always worried about her campaign uh, in 2016 because she was defeated by Obama in 2008. And uh, I thought that alone showed that she kind of wasn't the, the juggernaut candidate that people expected her to be in 2016 everybody kind of expected it her to steamroll everybody and we all saw uh how that went so um my votes were both for hillary in both the primary and the general election but i was always concerned i thought there were some vulnerabilities there and i guess my concerns were not unfounded <laughs> and were there concerns just based on uh what you're hearing boots on the ground because as you mentioned you're pretty close to pennsylvania uh, you're in more of a rural area of New York. So, you know, a lot of people weren't, weren't out there interviewing people three outs, three hours outside of New York city. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought that her messaging, um, wasn't very strong. I didn't think that she, um, connects with a lot of people so well. I think she connects with, with her base. I think her base is very, very passionate. And, um, but I didn't, I don't think her, her appeal kind of can, continued uh to narrow and that that was concerning to me i mean like i said even taking it back to 2008 uh with all the respect towards uh you know president obama senator obama at the time he was a newcomer with very little experience a lot of people still thought that we couldn't elect uh, um and you know he overcame hillary who everybody thought again was you know a, a juggernaut and then when I, when everybody expected her to just run the table in 2016, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think she really has an appeal in rural areas, uh, as much as she would have liked. Um, and there's definitely, uh, there's just, like I said, she comes with a lot of baggage and it's some of it, you know, isn't, she doesn't deserve some of it. Um, but it's just one of those things. I try to be a pragmatist and, uh, I just felt like she had a big target on her back. And we definitely saw uh, the Trump campaign take advantage of that target. Yeah, definitely. She didn't really have a chance. There wasn't enough time to dispel some rumors and stuff like that. Were you shocked when Trump won on election night 2016? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I still was. Like, even knowing the things that, like I said, I thought she was kind of vulnerable and uh, had, had baggage. I was still, I was at an election night party uh, with, I live in Broome County. It was the Broome County Democratic Party's election night party. And a good friend of mine was running for county executive that night. And uh, he won, which was awesome. He's one of my really good friends. He's one of my original political mentors. And I remember uh, being there alongside him and like just having like such mixed emotions of like, I wanted to be happy for him, but I was in such like disbelief because of what happened. Like it was almost like a feeling of like emptiness. Um, I'm sure many are familiar with that same feeling based on their own reactions to that night. Um, But I I was, yeah, I, I was stunned and, um, I take my job and I take government very seriously. And I, I had seen that kind of spun on its head by, in my opinion, that the Trump campaign and that group. And I, I just had this sinking feeling of, you know, as sincere as I take government, uh, it's kind of now being tossed out the window and mocked and it, it's not being valued and uh, that's been tough to swallow. Yeah, I love that you made the distinction between politics and government. And there is a huge difference between those two. And there was like no talk of governing from the Trump campaign. It was all politics. And it was kind of scary to think that somebody's going to have to run this ship, too. So it's interesting to hear your thoughts on that as well. So, did yeah, that... I mean, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, you can't really argue that the trump campaign basically masterminds the political side of things yes um but it, in my opinion it left a huge void on the government side of things like you like you said who's going to okay you've got the the captain's wheel now but uh do you know how to actually sail this thing <laughs> it's a great point did that inspire you to uh want to double down and do even more like are you um what's in the future for for you what do you see um, that's a good question. So I'm uh, actually, I haven't even a- a- announced this really yet. So I guess this is exclusive to your show. I am running for a third term oh, as mayor. Wow. So uh, break- breaking news. Um, <laughs> I I have been asked a lot to, to seek higher office because mm. I'm somebody who's seen as having a, a bipartisan appeal who can reach audiences that maybe aren't normally politically engaged at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like young people being being one of those. Uh, I, although I do think younger people are becoming more and more active as of late, which is awesome. Um, just got to make sure they actually vote, and, and uh, you know, don't just don't just tweet or put something on Facebook. Make sure you go vote. Right. Um, but yeah, I was actually asked and kind of courted to run for New York State Assembly this past year, and I wow. uh, heavily considered it. Um, but I actually, I got married this past year in 2018 and I have another job you know, and my marriage salary isn't very much. So I, I work another full-time job and things got crazy there. And, uh, as much as I wanted to do it, um, things just didn't line up. So I made the decision not to run, uh, based on kind of my personal life. And I'm glad I did because 2018 was, uh, a very hectic year for me. Um, so it, it, at, where will we go from here? I don't know. Right now, I'm focusing on being the, the best mayor that I can be. And uh, as far as like the effect of 
what's happening nationally on me, it's kind of up and down. Like some days I'm like, you know, oh my God, like I've, I've really got to fix this. Like this is a disaster. Like we need more people, you know, who are going to take it seriously and, you know, separate that the seriousness of government from, from politics and actually put some stock in the truth and, and facts and the way things actually function. Um, and then other days it's just completely depressing because it's like, are, are we ever going to be able to get back to, you know, things like the truth actually mattering to you know, people understanding the value of, you know, a, for example, like public water service, like public sewer service, like those are some of the services that I'm involved in, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of where I am. There's a lot of people uh, who are really, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to say this maybe don't understand the value of our volunteer fire department and are kind of actively working to make, make it harder for that department to continue functioning. And, and I think part of that is all attached to this like anti-government, you know, wave that has been coming through. And that's really troubling for me. And I, I consider it part of my job to help people see the value in it because, you know, if, if there's no volunteer fire department, what is their backing that up? You know, if those volunteers aren't there, when your house starts burning, um, the cavalry's not coming. That's all we have, you know. So let's not make it harder for these men and women to, to be, you know, already sacrifice as much as they do. Uh, you know, there's a value to that. And we need to make sure that we are appreciative and supportive of what of what they do and of their institution. That That's something that really scares me about um a lot of what's happening nationally is the long-term damage to some of these important institutions in our government and society. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why uh, I always say I want to don't want to see an impeachment. Let's settle it at the ballot box. You know what I mean? Because distrust with government will grow even further if a president is gone through all that. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, shoot. I had a point. Oh, I was going to say one silver lining that I think came out of the federal shutdown that just ended this 35 day shutdown was people saw how valuable government employees are, federal workers and, and what they actually do. Right. They're not just a hundred couple hundred thousand people working and pushing buttons. These people are local jobs that affect us dramatically. So I hear you on that. It's interesting to hear your concern that people kind of losing faith in government and think government should shrink. I, I hear that a lot. I hear a lot of people say, yeah. I want to see less government. And they don't really understand what government does for them, right? So, Yeah, and I, and I think that that's something that I try to do as mayor, at least at the local level. It, it, it does get harder, you know, as it gets bigger and bigger and you move up. But I try to, like, I, I will take pictures sometimes of our crews working on something. And I share it to social, social, eh, social media because not only do I want people to know like, oh, hey, there's something happening on this street. Maybe you want to avoid, uh, you know, driving down or whatever. But because, you know, we have our like our, our Department of Public Works guys work so, so hard. And, you know, they, they respond to things they work, you know, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. But they respond to things at three in the morning. And it, it, I don't think people realize, you know, how much we rely on those people to, like in my example, keep their water running when they, you know, when they need to take a shower to keep our the toilets flushing to make sure the sewer plant's operating to pick up garbage to, you know, the fire department and all, all those things, like they're important to a functioning society, a functioning village in my example. So 
yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. That might've been one of the only good things about the government uh, shutdown. Yeah, probably. Well, let's switch gears. Um, I want to talk about one more subject with you and then we'll open up some questions from chat and uh, I don't want to keep you all night here, but you're in a very unique position where you are the only, or at least very few, maybe a handful of elected officials that stream on Twitch. So what is that experience like being an elected official on Twitch? Uh, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, I always joke around when I stream and I always say I'm the number one mayor on Twitch because as far <laughs> as I know, I am. Um, I, I, uh, I always have these moments because I just do like normal streams for the most part. I stream games, you know, I stream like multiplayer games that I really like. And um, every once in a while, I get somebody in my chat, like, they'll be watching, then they'll be like, wait, you're actually a mayor? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm actually a mayor. Like, I don't, I don't, like, veer into the government and politics side of it uh, so much. And that's one of the things that I kind of have to consider. It's a hard balance because I'm like, well, if I start talking about it while I'm playing Call of Duty and I have these 40 people watching me, are half of them going to leave? You know what I mean? Like, am I going to say something that's going to cause, are they here for me? Are they here for the game I'm playing? Um, it, it's pretty fun, though. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm no longer the mayor, and I can't say uh, I'm the number one mayor on Twitch or whatever, but <laughs> the, it's interesting. Are there any concerns with, like, donations or taking bits or subscribers? Is there any, any concerns there for you? Uh, that's probably, you know, I've thought about that. Like, what if somebody asks the comptroller <laughs> about this or like something like that? There's like, there's going to be no precedent for this, right? Like, right. there's not going to be a court case where they're going to have to like, oh yeah, this is how, this is how we deal with elected officials on Twitch. Um, there's, there's nothing. So I, I there are certain things like I, I'm not supposed to accept um, like physical gifts that are valued more than a certain amount, um, which, you know, I don't foresee that happening too much um nobody's like mailed me like tickets to a yankees game or something like that so um <laughs> so yeah what if some... don't mail me tickets to a yankees game <laughs> what if somebody donated like ten thousand bits because um i'm assuming you you're a you're affiliate i'm pretty sure i saw it said you're affiliate yeah so you you uh accept bits what if somebody donated like ten thousand bits and was like hey um my grandma died a couple weeks ago would love to name that the street after her That'd be that'd definitely be illegal. Like I don't think, as long as I'm, um, you know, it's just a source of income, like any other job. You know, like um, as long as I'm not. I mean, obviously, if I take a bribe of any kind, I'm violating the law and and in danger of going to jail. Um, but I haven't seen any um, combinations of municipal business and. Twitch. Interestingly enough, I did a Reddit AMA a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and it was like I forget what I named it. Like, uh, my name is Ryan Reynolds, mayor of Whitney, twenty-nine-year-old mayor of Whitney Point, New York. Uh, whatever AMA. I wasn't even streaming yet at this point, and it ended up making the front page of Reddit. Like, it, it blew up, and half of the uh-huh. half of the reason was because they thought I was Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> People were asking me, like, what it's like to be with Blake Lively and so on and so forth. And, uh, but, but actually, I actually did get a lot of questions. And, like, people were asking me questions about being a mayor. And, like, I actually had some local, like, definitely local people in there asking me very, like, specific questions. 
uh, and that was that was fun. That was interesting. And again, that's one of the things that I've always tried to do is reach audiences that maybe aren't normally, you know, politically engaged. And I don't want to speak for you, but I, I would imagine that's one of the things that you kind of hang your hat on is you're bringing politics to Twitch. And I, I think that's a good thing. The more people we can get talking and, and reading and getting involved is only a, a good thing. Yeah, that's why I don't give Kanye a hard time, because even though he's not really making much sense on a lot of his messages, he's drawing eyes onto politics that wouldn't be there anyway, so I think it's always good. Uh, all, all I will say about Kanye is that most of his albums are legit masterpieces. I don't feel the same about most of his political views, <laughs> uh, but he is a musical genius. I honestly think that. Until yeah. some of his recent stuff's been sketchy. But. <laughs> you heard it right there, folks. Mayor Reynolds is a Kanye fan. At me, Kanye. <laughs> At me. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I just wanted to ask you, too. So, you, you briefly mentioned what you do on your stream. So, can you give a little more info just about what how you run your stream, what kind of games you play, stuff like that? Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been a gamer since I was four years old. I have a glass eye. I, uh, I shot my eye out with a bow and arrow when I was four. And mm. a long story, crazy accident. So I couldn't go outside for quite a while. So my parents bought me a Nintendo Entertainment System. And I've basically been addicted ever since. I joked <laughs> that some of my first uh, leadership experience was uh, as a World of Warcraft guild leader. Um, but in all sincerity, organizing 40 person raids in World of Warcraft is like a, it's like a job. So <laughs> it is, you have to be um, a leader for sure. You have to yeah. schedule, you yeah. have to yeah. give out loot, that's you have to come up with, with the, the internal politics of you know, this person's mad at this person. And, um, but I, on my streams, yeah, basically what I do is I, I mostly stream multiplayer games. I play a ton of battle royale games. I, I have this thing where I I'm on this quest to win a round of every battle royale game that that comes out. So I think I'm up to twelve different battle royale games that I've won right now. Nice. And uh, I've got a few more to go. So I definitely welcome uh, people who want to come in and, and talk about you know government and being mayor. But uh, it's kind of one of those things where I was like looking at it. I like I said I'm a mayor. I I'm married. I have another job where I work full time. So I was kind of trying to figure out, like, how can I, like, kind of combine all of my hobbies and, and fit them into my schedule? And, um, you know, like some, sometimes I'll put out on my social media that I'm playing this game, but if you have a question, like, come talk to me, come ask it now. So it's kind of in a weird way, as much as I do it for my own enjoyment, it's kind of one of those things where I can look back and say, well, I'm being as transparent as possible with who I am as a person, like, yeah. like it or not, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. And, you know, I'm sure there's some people that look at that and say like, Oh, you know, look at this, this, look at our mayor. He's, he's playing, wasting his time playing video games. But you know, those, in my opinion, the people who think like that probably were never going to vote for me to begin with. So um, let them, let them think that, let them hate me all they want. This is who I am, you know? So I stream, yeah. I have fun. I, I play, competitive games and i uh, i'm not afraid to tell people i'm a big doctor disrespect fan uh, so that's I, I just i love it i love i love competing i love competition so that's awesome, man. I love to hear. I love always love to hear why somebody pressed the go live button. And uh, I think it's great that, that you do that and you put yourself out there. 
Um, we only grow as people when we live stream and put ourselves in front of the world like that. So I think it's awesome, man. So let me open it up to the chat. If anybody has any questions for our guest here, Mayor Reynolds, please post it in the chat. Don't be shy. Uh, he's been around the community for a while now. I've known him for four or five months now. Um, so he, he's seen plenty of uh, ups and downs with the streams as well. You got Shadow in chat said, Dr. Disrespect is awesome. <laughs> is that yeah, like the awesome. is that like the number one stream you watch? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, besides yours, but um, Doc, yeah. Doc That's is, awesome. To me, it's just like, I don't know. I've always been drawn to these, like, it's funny because I can't stand uh, Trump because he's taking something that I love and disrespecting it, in my opinion, but um, I've always kind of been drawn to those like strong, flamboyant personalities, you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin or like Macho Man Randy Savage. And like Dr. Disrespect pulls a lot of that type of influence. He's uh, he's definitely a very confident guy and puts that out there. And I think for the most part, his message is, is positive. So you got a question here. Hikari says, do you ever do any kinds of engagement events with minorities in the community, such as LGBTQ+, Hispanic, Black, Jewish, etc.? Uh, that's a great question. And I basically live in uh, a very white neighborhood. Like when I graduate, not even neighborhood, area. Um, when I graduated high school, I think we had two, um, I had two black classmates. And that was probably like a 200% increase from the uh, previous decade of Winnie Point graduating classes. Um, mm -hmm. I... Uh, by complete chance, my wife is a, a Muslim, and as is her entire family, uh, they immigrated here from Bosnia in the 90s after the war, after the war there. And um, so while I don't really have a lot of minorities in my jurisdiction, um, per se, I have definitely spoken up uh, when I feel that minorities are being targeted. Uh, I had a lot of concerns uh, about especially early on uh in the trump administration about this whole like muslim registration idea that had kind of been like he didn't even officially really propose it was just kind of like out there mm. um and it's th things like that like i, I, I we had a, of a muslim community not far from here you you may have heard from it um and it it was uh there was like a planned terrorist attack there that was thwarted by like when i say terrorist attack i mean uh a white person from our area planned to commit uh mass murder on this walled muslim community that's not far from us mm. um so you know i i called the mayor there and expressed my support for him and i asked him that i would like to you know come down and uh, you know take a tour of their community kind of to show solidarity and and, and support um and we never actually got around to that actual tour, but we, he and I chatted on the phone a bunch of times. Um, and I publicly expressed support in situations like that. So my particular community um, doesn't have uh, a large minority presence. But interestingly enough, I'm part of this is probably more information than you even wanted. But <laughs> I'm, I'm part of a, a youth group called Promise Zone. Uh, it's kind of for uh youth it's kids from from like sixth to twelfth grade who kind of 
their home life isn't the greatest. Uh, maybe, you know, their parents aren't as attentive as they should be or aren't able to be as attentive as they uh, would like to be. Kind of, uh, and, and it's a great it's a great group because it gives them a, a sense of belonging no matter what their home life is like. And some of them get to mentor the others. And I remember uh, I go down there, it's called Mayor Mondays, and there was a, a younger woman who was a minority and we were all talking about the question of the day was like what do you like about whitney point and what do you don't like like what's our opportunity like what can we do better and there was a you know the one minority in the room said that she wasn't um welcomed to the community as strongly and she didn't like even say it in racial terms she was very young Mm -hmm. Uh, so i don't even know if she was thinking in racial terms but the fact that she said that like stuck out to me yeah Um, and it's definitely something I'm going to remember. And it's something that I would like to see change for sure. She wasn't saying that there was an incident or anything. She just in general didn't feel welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she didn't specify why and it wasn't the place to really do so. Sure. Um, but it, it really stuck out in my mind. And I was really glad that she said it and felt comfortable enough to say it around her, her peers and to the mayor you know, and with teachers around and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things that will always stick out in my head as something we have work to do, obviously. Yeah, it's, that's definitely a reflection of the environment that you've created and who you are as a person that she felt comfortable enough to tell you that because she thought you could enact some change. Otherwise, why bother, right? But that's cool yeah, to hear funny. that even though there aren't constituents affected by some of the things uh, that are affecting minorities and uh, minority groups in this country, you still feel the need to stand up and, and be proactive speaking out against that. And that's cool to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look at myself, um, you know, some people kind of like, they'll, they'll say, not even specifically about this issue or minority issues, but I speak out when I feel like I have to, because the way I see it, I'm a leader, and I don't care where my municipal boundaries are. If there's an issue that I feel needs attention, or something that needs to be said, I say it. And some people, you know, love that about me that I'm willing to, you know, stand up when I need to and say, "Hey, this is wrong," or or whatever. And some people, you know, go the other way and they're like, "Well, why are you speaking up? This isn't our problem. You know, this doesn't affect us." And uh, the way I see it, I'm the leader of my community. I'm a, a person that people look to. So it, I, you know, in times of duress or whatever. Um, Sometimes you just got to speak up. It's if I don't, what kind of person am I? What kind of leader am I? So I've always felt that it's better to speak up when you feel you have something to add to the conversation. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Another question here. Shadow is interested about your love for Dr. Disrespect says, what is your favorite quality about Dr. Disrespect? Oh, man, that's uh, uh, the, the swaggering arrogance, maybe. Um, he is legitimately good at the games that he plays too. It's just that whole like pure unbreakable confidence, even though he does rage a lot when things go, don't go his way. Um, (laughs) It's just like, like no joke. Sometimes when I'm at the gym, I'll listen to like, I don't know, like some doc highlight reel or something. It just gets you pumped, you know, like I, I don't know what it is about him. It's just highly entertaining to me. Right on. Another question here from Neuropilot said, do you do anything with solar slash renewable power or grid batteries locally? 
comes in handy if the power lines get damaged. So do you guys do anything like solar or anything like that? So we've been looking into it. We haven't actually committed to uh, solar installation of any kind yet. We did, we changed our zoning law to kind of be more uh, friendly towards solar installations and to try to unify. Uh, it's kind of an effort to unify the zoning around solar installations across the whole state. So we did pass that. Um, we, we did get a quote for a solar installation on our, both our library and our wastewater treatment plant, which we haven't you know, found the money for yet, but it's something we've looked into. Something that we're undergoing right now is we're transitioning from traditional streetlights to LED streetlights because it just, it saves a ton of money. It just makes sense. And it's obviously more, more efficient, uses less energy. So, uh, it's definitely modernizing government in general and by and by association energy efficiency is definitely something that uh deserves attention and is a worthwhile endeavor yeah it's interesting um it's i mean that's it's like you can do stuff on the local level and that adds up so that's cool to hear high top swap shop said hardest thing you have had to deal with in your mayoral role oh man that's a tough one um Hardest thing. Uh, I mean, the, I can ever... tell you. Here, what? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Um, I, I would say some of the hardest things are you. You touched on it. It it's kind of like the people things at times. Working with, um, or working around, or or trying to go around people. And this isn't just just for me. It's a. Uh, you know, trying to work around people or negotiate with people who are literally just trying to act as a roadblock or that don't value like basic public institutions yet they are involved in them. That's, right. that's very difficult because, uh, it's, it's just like, how do you negotiate with somebody who's not negotiating in good faith? Um, that, that is very hard to deal with. And then you have to be around that person, uh, frequently and you know you both hate each other but it's kind of like I, I wonder how much of that goes on at the national level you know like we kind of all assume that like oh they all get along you know and blah, blah 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 how much of politics actually like goes down to people people's like gut feelings towards each other and like I'm jealous of this person or I can't stand this person or <laughs> I'm too weak to stand up to this person or I can't work with this person because I'm too arrogant. You know, I think more of that goes on than people realize. Uh, that's, that's probably like the hardest is, is in like emotionally or mentally challenging. Yeah. It's just uh, dealing with certain mentalities out there. One of the things that I'm most proud of probably is that um, on the flip side, like I often have to like, for example, we got a huge snowstorm, a historic snowstorm a couple of years back. And uh, we led like one of the best, in my opinion, recoveries of that snowstorm uh, in the county, as far as getting our roads cleaned up and get helping everybody out. We had people trapped in their houses, uh, you know, needing fuel and stuff like that. And uh, for me personally, that was something that if you would ask me when I was 18, if that was something that I would be like in charge of at all, let alone pretty successfully completing it, like I would have laughed at you. You know, I, I'd have been like, no way, I wouldn't be able to do that. And uh, 
you know, learning things about how a sewer system, a public sewer system works or a public water system. Uh, those things are not intuitive to me, but I have an understanding of them. Um, so that's kind of things like that are challenging, but I think I've done a pretty good job and it's mostly a credit to the people that I have, my department heads who are super knowledgeable and able to explain things to me and take me down and show me things. You know, I, I, I'm by no means a one man army. We have <laughs> amazing staff and really great department heads and employees and really all the credit to them. They make my job much more easy than it could be. So I rely on those guys and girls very heavily. That's awesome to hear. Thanking the troops. So two more quick questions and then we'll let you go. I appreciate you spending all this time with us. And it's for me, it's been really fascinating to hear uh, about local government. Um, it's, it's just something we don't get to hear much about because the national stuff dominates headlines. So Hikari said, uh, you mentioned that Whitney Point is a big traffic hub. Does the large amount of traffic create any unique problems for the community? Um, unique problems. I mean, I guess the, it, it depends on everything has two sides, right? Like we have a lot of, for example, restaurants or gas stations or businesses that are looking to take advantage of all that traffic. Mm -hmm. um, some people would argue that's a great thing. Some people say these aren't the type of businesses that we want. We want this instead. We want that instead. Interesting. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want to be, some people say we don't want to be a parkway. We don't want to be a highway, you know, we're, we're a village, you know? And so it's a constant balancing act like that. Like, you don't just want to be a, a pass through, you know, you want to give people a reason to stop. Um, one of the other unique challenges from it, um, our roads obviously get much more use than just from the people who are paying for them, so to speak, than our taxpayers use. Um, so there's, you know, there's 964 people who live here paying for roads that $13,000 or 13,000 people a day travel on, you know, wow. so, so you hope that the revenue that those people passing through, um, that they give the village when they stop and they, you know, eat at a restaurant or whatever, you know, you hope that that, that that balances out, but things like that, the stress on the infrastructure itself, um, that is one of the unique aspects. Yeah. Even like an accident causes the one police oh, yeah. officer have to go over there right it's like yeah i mean our our fire department there you know there's a, a major highway that's not through the village but it passes right by the village mm -hmm. so when there's an accident on that highway you know somebody from you know kentucky traveling to canada or somebody from canada traveling to florida uh it, it's us you know it's our fire department that goes up there and you know pulls the person out or does whatever they have to do you know, and certainly that person from Canada is not uh, contributing to the fire department's budget, uh, but that's everywhere. That That's one of the local government struggles everywhere. That's one of the constant things you have to be cognizant of and try to find out how do we pay, you know, how do 964 people provide a service to the 13,000 people a day that are here? <laughs> it's an interesting uh, problem. Very fascinating. Great question. 
Um, Blue Feral with the last question here says, has your city banned fracking in the village limits, seeing as you're in the Marcellus Shale formation? Oh man, that's that very well researched question. <laughs> so, uh, New York state actually has a statewide fracking ban. So we were kind of waiting to see, you know, what the state would do before we acted on anything. Uh, our board was pretty universally opposed to fracking. Uh, that said, uh, especially in the village limits, because, uh, you know, out, out in the countryside, it's a little different when you're dealing with hundreds of acres of land and so on and so forth. And there were quite large landowners coalitions and they were holding meetings and so on uh, to prepare for fracking, to lobby for fracking in our area. But the village itself, because of uh, the way it's laid out, because of the the close proximity of all the buildings and infrastructure and so on and so forth. There wasn't really anywhere in the village that could realistically uh, host uh, a fracking operation. So we were in some ways uh, immune from that discussion other than what was happening around us and then what would be the, the residual effects of it. You know, if it happened, outside our our limits up the road, you know, the trucks passing through and again, using our infrastructure, uh, you know, what's the cost of that? Or, you know, our rivers that, that we are founded on. And, you know, that's a big deal for us, our, the rivers here, you know, right. are those safe? We supply water, our public water supply, is that safe? Um, those are the questions that we were asking. And, um, you know, the, the state ban kind of took, took care of that. There's still some questions like, will the next governor lift the ban or, or something like that. But I think for now it's kind of a, it's, it's banned. It's not going to get repealed in the near future. So, um, we're kind of safe from that one. That's one of those things where that is one of those issues where I'm like happy to not have to be involved. There's certain things <laughs> where, uh, you kind of be like, okay, that one's taken care of. Thank you. I'm moving on to the next thing. <laughs> right. Ah, these are great questions. So thank you so much, Mayor Reynolds, for hanging out with us here. Where can people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to catch your stream, all that stuff? Yeah, so I go by the acronym username Mayor Reynolds WP just about everywhere. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Mayor Reynolds WP. You can follow me on Twitter at Mayor Reynolds WP. Those are probably two, two of the easiest. I stop in your stream from time to time. Um, so you can look me up. I'm in a million places. I, I don't think I'm that hard to find. Well, the name Ryan Reynolds kind of makes my Google results a little, a little difficult sometimes, but if you do like mayor Ryan Reynolds or, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Whitney point, I think you'll, you'll find me. And that's mayor. I'm going to spell it out. It's M A Y O R obviously mayor, but it's Reynolds R E Y N O L D S W P. So mayor Reynolds W P on Twitch guys, give him a follow. I've been following him for a while. Uh, he plays, uh, Fortnite and like he said battle royale games and uh, obviously a cool dude to hang out with so again thanks so much mayor for hanging out with us here and sharing yeah. uh, your passion for local government a lot of people look at local government and they think of parks and recreation and they think it's just a bunch of bumbleheads or something but it's actually uh, a lot of great smart people who really passionately care about their community and a lot oh, yeah. of them don't even have higher aspirations because there's so much to do on the local level they couldn't care less and yeah, so we need more people to step up and help out on a local level for sure like i said people should never be don't ever feel like you don't have what it takes to run for office because you do and we need more people to be actively involved i 
I struggle to find people to fill like certain boards and volunteer positions. So, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and talk to whoever in your community who's involved and say, Hey, I'd like to get involved. How can I do that? Awesome. I'm going to leave it at that. I couldn't have said it better. So thanks again. And uh, we'll end it there, man. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. What an awesome interview. Big thanks to Mayor Ryan Reynolds of Whitney Point, New York for coming on the show and talking to me about local government. If you want to hang out with us, come to twitch.tv slash I'm really important. I stream Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We go over the latest players, events, legislation. We watch a ton of C-SPAN together and it's such an awesome, positive community who are there to have a discussion, not a debate. So. Thanks again for listening. Twitch.tv slash I'm really important. If you want to join us live, have a good one. I'll see you guys next time. Yeah.